This podcast contains explicit content. Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. This is Hardly Focused. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hardly Focused. It's the 25th of July. It is the 508th episode with Jack Gill and Nate Fillers. It is just the two of us today. And Nate Fillers joins the show for the first time in several weeks. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Nate? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I mean, uh, remember that a lot of things. <laughs> remember that really awful song from like the '90s or the '80s? It was like. I've seen better days. I've seen better days. I like my orange juice minute made. I don't really know the lyrics. <laughs> God, what a just a bad song. I yeah. hate that song, but uh I've heard better songs. I have too, but I think it accurately just describes my mindset as of late. Uh and I and I think the weather has something to do with this. Oh, you mean the fact that this whole month we haven't had a single sunny day? It's been just bizarre, man. Where we are in New England, the man, the weather's just been rainy almost every day. It it hasn't been seasonable. It's either been really hot and humid or it's been pouring rain. And yep. Yesterday, Saturday, the 24th, happy birthday to uh, a few of my friends. It was like everybody's birthday yesterday on the 24th. Oh, yeah. So you know who you are if you, you know, fell out of your mother's ass on this day several years ago. Happy birthday. Uh, the weather was nice enough. It was like sunny and 75 degrees. I was able to go outside and mow the lawn for the first time in like a month. It was a jungle. Did you bring a Pokemon to make sure? That you're safe, like, you know, because tall grass, it's not safe to go in the tall grass without a Pokemon. You are correct. And there's uh, just a family of snakes in my yard that has just always been here since I moved in. And my rule of thumb is if you're a snake and you see the lawnmower, you better run or whatever it is that snakes do, because I don't believe they have legs. Yeah, is it running? Is it? Whatever that is. The danger noodles. Yes. Like the finest Velvet Revolver song, they slither away. Oh, yeah, that's true. The only good one. So, I don't know. Velvet Revolver had a couple of good songs, man. I the got... only good one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, Velvet Revolver had a few good songs uh, of their two albums. That... I'm trying to think. There, there was a few that sounded just like they could be ACDC songs. Or not ACDC, sorry. Wow. Well, let's start the episode over. <laughs> okay, so for Velvet Revolver, there was Fall to Pieces, Slither, uh, She Builds Quick Machines, um, Get Out the Door, and I swear, I swear there was one more. Uh, that I'm blanking on right now from their first album. 
fall to pieces is the one that if you listen to it, I swear if you just replace the singer, it's a Guns N' Roses song. It sounds exactly like a Guns N' Roses song. Oh, it does. Yeah. It, it, the music was all formulaic. Yeah, that's true. It was incredibly formulaic. I mean, it, it didn't help that three of the members in the band were former Guns N' Roses, but uh, still, like, Slash is, Slash is a phenomenal guitarist. Oh, but, yeah. But everything that Slash does, you're, you're going to know it's Slash. Mm-hmm. You will know absolutely from the outset that it's Slash. And Velvet Revolver was no exception in that it was interchangeable with not just Guns N' Roses, but most of the other stuff that he has done. Yeah. But Velvet Revolver was a, not only in my opinion, and I know this is a very polarizing opinion, I thought they were a great band and a great supergroup. And they came about at a time when the music landscape was just inundated with supergroups. Everybody like every, everybody started supergroups around that time. You had you had Velvet Revolver, you had Army of Anyone. Do you remember them? I do not. It was uh the brothers from Stone Temple Pilots. Uh Richard Patrick from Filter on vocals and uh the guy who's currently playing drums in Corn who's nay uh, Luzier, Ray Luzier. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting bunch. Yeah, there was just uh and then you had Audio Slave. That was another oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Uh That's true. That was a that was a year, huh? Yeah, it was uh the the, the mid aughts were a time for music, especially for, you know, music where actual instruments are utilized. Yeah. Compared to uh other uh you know musical acts where it's just all electronic gobbledygook yep i was talking to my neighbor who who reminds me of hank hill talking to him yesterday because he's a big classic rock guy and he loves cheap trick and i and i too am a fan of cheap trick and i joke i jest about this but it's one of those jokes that becomes serious that whenever you see any music festival announced and it doesn't matter who's on the bill, what, unless it's like an EDM festival. But if it's any other, if it's like a, you know, like a rock music festival or like a, you know, a a current hits festival, top 40, whatever you want to call it, cheap trick is always on the bill. And it doesn't, (laughs) it it seriously doesn't matter what the the intended audience is going to be, what the age range is going to be. It, it, who's on the bill? It, it literally does not matter. Yeah, they're and, like the Nicolas Cage of rock and roll music. And Cheap Trick always shows up on the bill. And everyone there knows who Cheap Trick is, regardless of age, regardless of, of uh, you know who they're there to see. Everybody knows Cheap Trick. Case in point, the iHeart uh, Radio festival that's happening this year hopefully in person it will include performances by billy eilish dua lipa j cole khalid little baby rune five nelly sam hunt cheap trick one of these things is not like the other (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god dude cheap trick is playing with all those uh, all of them 
That's great. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's another one of those things where I'm like, I, you, you, you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding when I say that. Cheap Trick always shows up. That's great. And they are all like in their 70s now, too. Good for them. Well, they're in their 70s, and then their kids are also playing in a band now, too. Rick Nielsen's son plays drums. Tom Peterson's been out of commission due to surgery, so Xander's kid has been playing bass, filling in for him. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's going to be, I I guarantee you, in like 10 years, Cheap Trick will continue to exist, but it will be like the, the offspring of all of the band members. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I was just trying to think like their grandkids are probably the same age as the bands that they're opening for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not to mention they are the same age, if not older than the members of cheap trick were when they first found stardom in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. Weird. How, God, it's weird how that plays out. I was, I was talking to Hank Hill yesterday about uh, the Jim blossoms. Cause on his, um, his, his shuffle, whatever it was he was using, to listen to music, uh, the opening track to new miserable experience came on and I fucking love that album. I'll listen to it front to back. Fuck dude, this tattoo on my arm that I'm doing a really bad job of showing off is <laughs> a Jim Blossoms tattoo from that album. And we were talking about that and it dawned on both of us that we we're talking about an album that came out almost 30 years ago. Holy shit. Came out in 1992, man. Oh, fuck dude. Yeah. They wrote so many like, really really catchy songs they are i feel like they're one of the most underrated bands in my opinion so i think most people don't really know who they are it's they do they do yeah it's one of those things where like if you if you don't know who jim blossoms are the second like hey jealousy comes on you're like oh i know who this band is yeah, I've heard this before, be it in the supermarket or the shopping mall, because that song plays everywhere 30 years later. But that first album, too, is just a masterpiece. Uh, the songs were largely written by their guitarist, Doug Hopkins, who passed away shortly after the album was released. He was a severe alcoholic and was uh, his demise was, was, you know, he was forced out of the band due to his his alcoholism. But. God damn, was he just a good songwriter? And you could hear that in his lyrics when it when a yeah. when a when a drunk who doesn't want to be a drunk writes lyrics about being a drunk. Man, that that shit hits hard. Yep. So, and they're they're another band that you know they're still around. They still tour. I saw them play that album front to back a couple of years ago. Mohegan Sun. They actually you know did a couple of tributes to Doug Hopkins. It was it it's. It's just interesting to see, like, and just think about, like, this is classic rock now. Yeah, it's really weird to think about, isn't it? I don't like that. I don't like to think that way. I don't like to think that way either, but I I would like to, I would like to hope that it's going to come again. Like, it's going to resurge some, but I I don't know. I don't think think it will. Just think about it, man. We We were talking about classic rock back in you know, the nineties and we were, we were classifying stuff that came out in the sixties. Like Beatles at the time was, was classic mm-hmm. rock. Zeppelin was classic rock. Let's look back to 2001, the green album by Weezer, uh, uh Nickelback, you know, is it, it? Yes. I mentioned Nickelback, but that, that they took off in 2001. Hey, that, how you St- remind me is still 
somewhat of a decent song. Stained, System of a Down. Um, there's there's just so many things to think about that came out 20 years ago that now Little Family Values Tour. Yeah, Blink 182. They're 2000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they you know huh. they they took off in the late 90s and really came oh, to prominence true. and you know around 2001. Uh, even shit, Some dude. Shit. Well, even like the, the the boy bands of the 90s, right? Like, yeah. And and Foo Fighters also fully embracing their classic rock, uh, uh, persona now. Yeah. What a time, dude. Well, Slim Shady's definitely up there in the classic <laughs> rock. <laughs> well, uh, the weather, uh. Hopefully it holds up because in less than a week, I'm going to my first concert since the pandemic, you know, died down a little bit, but it's an outdoor concert. So let's hope the weather holds up, man, because I I really don't want to have to skip this because of the weather. I think it will get out of its system. Hopefully. How much more can it rain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ask, uh, go ask Germany that. Go ask uh, the Netherlands that. True. That's something that we may or may not get to on this episode. Uh, something that happened out in Germany when a reporter was doing an on-site uh, report about the floods that are happening out there. Uh, if you remember back during Katrina, there, there was, I think it was Katrina, there was that now infamous shot of the reporter who was like standing he he was like in a boat right or like in a canoe or something doing his report and then like claiming like oh the floods the floods here are so bad we're we're in feet of water and then behind him like two jabronis just walk by in the shot <laughs> it's like the water's up to their ankles so yeah. uh germany had their version of that last week um Kanye West has a new album coming out, and uh, if you were present at the one of the listening parties for that new album, then uh, you may have an opportunity to score, if you have the money for it, uh, air atmosphere that was collected during that event, because, because there are people out there who have money and would rather... Uh, Spend it on things like that. Boy, would yeah. that boy would that just be the life. Like going into space. Yeah, we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> that was just, you know. Well, speaking of that, too, there's an odd amount of news from the last couple of weeks about horse coitus. Bestiality, if you will. Hmm. So that's also a thing. Uh, oh, do we just have so much to go over during this episode? Hardly focused. Nate, I'm happy you're here, man. It's been a minute. I'm glad to see you. It's been a while and I've been wanting to do the show for a while, but it's just hasn't lined up. It's been a time. And even it I, with, been. With, with my, you know, the combination of just this ever present gloomy weather that we have and my mental health curiosities, it's boys, it just tough to find the motivation while I sit down here and do the, do the thing. But hey, man, once we do it, I'm happy. I'm in my spot. Me too. So I like shooting the shit. And I love taking shits. Yeah, they're pretty good. Well, with that, we will uh, kick things off, and uh, let's see where this one takes us. Stick around. This is Hardly Focused. Uh, Don't recite 
Pulp Fiction while your wife's in labor. Uh, while it's uh-oh. while it's on TV with <laughs> the nurse that's helping her give birth. Huh, Mike? Why why do you say this? Why would you know uh-oh. this? <laughs> the nurse and I were riffing. It was great. And it's like, hey, I'm having a kid in. Like whatever. Hear more at hardlyfocused.com. Hardly Focused is available to enjoy on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. You hear me say that at the beginning of every podcast. Well, we made it super easy for you to follow the show. Find the best option for you at hardlyfocused.com slash subscribe. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. Let's begin the show by starting it. Go everybody and welcome to Hardly Focused on the 25th of July, the 508th episode of our fine program with Jack Gill and Nate Fillers, just the two of us today on the old podcast. You and I. This band, by the way, Quicksand, they're dropping new music. They've, oh really? They've released a few new songs uh, over the last couple of months. They have a new album coming out. They're kicking off a tour later this year. They're playing at the uh, Royale, I think, in Boston. Thank you, pandemic. It's for the first giving us all this new music. <laughs> it's the first uh, date of that tour too. So hopefully, um, hopefully it sticks. God, I hope it sticks. I love that band. I want to see them. If you, if you don't know, influential post-hardcore band from the 90s and their bassist Sergio Vega currently plays with Deftones true Took over for the the late great Chi Ching yep uh Nate you went to a show recently right your first post-pandemic outing I did it was a job I actually worked <laughs> wow things like nice. a grown-up nice uh yeah crazy dude it's like I had forgotten many things about shows <laughs> like how many people are there? <laughs> yeah. Especially if, if, cause I know you're very cautious about being out in public mm-hmm. with, you know, the pandemic because the pandemic obviously is not gone. Nope. You no, know, if anything, it's, it's starting to, we're, we're like on the edge of it, but we're still not out of it. So it's still like, we're, we're just kind of going with the current right now on, on the edge. So I know you have your concerns about being in uh, a crowd of people. Yeah. But you're vaccinated, right? Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, Until you-, the, you know, the news of course is making me feel less fine, but I think that's their job is to make people feel less fine. <laughs> you're not wrong. There's a lot of sensationalism out there that uh, we could do without. And also, too, I mean, the thing that I've seen, like you sent me, you sent all of us yesterday, a um, Slate.com article about, uh, you know, the breakthrough, quote unquote, breakthrough cases and what happens if you are vaccinated. And that article and pretty much every other article that I have read when they discuss what this Delta variant is doing. And and just like that, how cases are going up everywhere is that they all say the same thing. If you're vaccinated, you are most likely fine. You you yeah, you can still contract it. There's still a percentage, a small chance that you could end up hospitalized or die. But 
the, the, the vaccines for the people who are, who are still catching it despite being vaccinated, the vaccines are doing exactly what they're supposed to do, uh, reduce uh, symptoms and reduce risk of transmission. And then all the articles also point out all the, the, the same exact thing you know, across all the articles. They also point out the unvaccinated are the ones who are filling up the hospitals yet again and causing the issues. So yeah. if you're vaccinated, you might get sick. Uh, yeah. You know, you'll get over it. You you should. There's a, a very good chance you'll get over it and you'll be fine uh, and that you won't pose a huge risk to to others. But still, it's still a threat that looms over us. It's just the those who refuse vaccinations are the ones that need to worry about it, to which I say those cool people to which I say natural selection. You had your chance. You you yep. have the opportunity. There's literally nothing stopping you from doing this. So, yep. Did you hear all the stories about the people who are like on their deathbeds and they're asking for the vaccine then? And the doctors are just like, uh, well, sorry, it's kind of a little late. I will laugh at that. I will laugh at those people because you had your chance. You had your opportunity when you're lying in bed, struggling to breathe, about to be put on a ventilator or literally on death's door and you ask for the vaccine. It's not something that's suddenly going to make you better and allow you to jump out of bed. And this is de- definitely like one of those acts of desperation that that people are making when they realize that they are boned. Yeah. Like, no, you had your opportunity. You had your chance. You didn't take it. You you, you listened to uh, the conspiracy theories or you decided you were too good for it. Well, look what happened. It's not some sort of miracle cure that's that's going to allow you to recover instantly like it's not it's not a video game where you pick up a health pack and all of a sudden you're fine doesn't work yeah out. do you hear about that uh that leader of like the anti-vax group that got covid and died yes she was she was like saying that it was just a hoax and everything like that and spreading all sorts of misinformation about it and yeah and that's mm-hmm. another one where i you know, it, it sounds bad, but I laugh at that one because that is I there's a subreddit I follow called Leopards Ate My Face, and that is quite literally a Leopards Ate My Face moment. Again, you had it. You had the opportunity. It is of no cost to you. Literally, yeah. all you need to do is get it, endure the upwards of 24 hours of side effects, and and you'll be fine. Now, now, I understand. I mean, no compromise people. There are people out there who can't get the vaccine. Because it will have no effect yeah. on. I understand that. I just threw my pen. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I understand that. Um, and, and those are the people I feel for. Th- those are the ones that I feel for when uh, you know they get sick and they up, end up in the hospital. But those people also, those are the ones that I, I believe want to take it and wish they could take it. It's the ones who I, the ones I don't have sympathy for, are the ones who say. I'm not taking this because Tucker Carlson says it's going to give me microchips or, or it's or, going to give yeah, me autism. I, I don't need it. My immune system is good enough. Yeah. Those, those are the people that I have no sympathy for. Those are the people I laugh at when the inevitable finally bites them in the ass. Yeah. While I sit back, like I, I bit, I bit the bullet. I got my vaccine. I was going to wait until it became readily available. I, I wanted others to, who needed it more than I to go out and get it, but I got it. I'm happy I got it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I've had a cold uh, for the last week. Um, my, my throat has just been like scratchy and I've, I've had a cough, but it's not like 
Because again, I had COVID. It's not that. It feels like a cold. It doesn't feel like COVID. But it's now going to be one of those things where it's anytime I, I get the sniffles like this, and I'm going to guess that I, I caught this just because I've been back out in the open, not wearing a mask, being around people again, which yeah. I was getting sick when before COVID because this is exactly what would ha- happen back then. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be in the back of my mind now, even though like, hey, I'm vaccinated and I had COVID. So the chances of me getting this double whammy are very low, but it's still something I need to be cognizant of. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to keep like the hospital hospitalizations down. It's supposed to keep, you know, cause they were, can you imagine what they went through for last year? It's just like, Holy crap. Like every single day is black Friday for them. And they're starting it's to like, go, they're starting to go through it again, which sucks. Yeah. Which really sucks that they're starting to have to do this again. And have to live through this nightmare again but they're also the ones who are out here saying it's the people that they are admitting and treating are all unvaccinated and largely uh anti-vaxxers or just against the idea of getting the covid vaccine for one reason or another so uh, that's you know what they have to deal with right now. They're they're also the ones who are very openly saying it's it's the you know the the people people who are vaccinated are, are for all intents and purposes fine. And fuck you, Fox. Well, I mean, we're always going to have to live with we're always going to have to live with this. We just live in the disinformation age now. Um, well, what gets me is that they spread all this shit, but they're all vaccinated themselves, right? Like, like fuck you. Did you see a video that went viral recently of this guy in Montana who met Tucker Carlson like he encountered Tucker Carlson somewhere and like got in Tucker Carlson's face but he was like at least like I don't know if like polite and civil is like the right terms to use here because he was telling Tucker Carlson to his face you are a terrible person like you're the scum of the earth. Well, it's not terrible if it's true. Yeah, I mean the guy was like speaking the truth and Tucker Carlson's just being a weasel and trying not to laugh. God, that is someone I hope just gets hit by a train. Just the the amount of misinformation that they spread on that network is just right. It's gross. And what sucks is that like bad things always happen to good people. They don't happen to bad people. Yeah. So like I I say that I wish Tucker Carlson would get hit by a train and knowing my luck, Tucker Carlson's going to get the next golden ticket from Jeff Bezos to go into space. Mm hmm. But uh, anyway, your show. Yes. How many sorry, people were masked? Because I'm, go- I'm going to a, I'm going to a concert, my first post pandemic concert, very soon. How many people were masked where you were? Bagel. You're, yourself included. Myself included. Yes, okay. I was working. I just felt like see the way that I felt is that I've gotten to the point where I'm just like you know I'm probably gonna get it. Cause there's just, it's just going to keep going. There's going to be other variants. It's just going to keep going. Um, so I, I was vaccinated, so that's, that's fine. Right. I wasn't comfortable with it, but I wasn't, wasn't mag- masked. I don't feel great about it in retrospect, but I had to because it was so goddamn hot and like, Oh yeah. And when you're working and you're running and you're holding like a camera and you're doing all sorts of that sort of thing, like, yeah, 
Yeah, so, I hear that. But then again, I still believe that masks protect others. Not really. I feel like no one else was masked. Right. Yeah. So no, so it wasn't going to do anything anyway. I am like my, my whole thing was when Massachusetts reopened uh, at the end of May, I was, I was going to go like a few more weeks wearing a mask, even though like I didn't have to, I was going to keep doing it. It was a personal choice. And then I stopped. And now we're hearing about, you know, the Delta variant and these breakthrough cases and how L.A. County, California, or pretty much now almost all California now at this point is starting to, to reimpose mask mandates. Uh, there's mm-hmm. advisories everywhere. It, I don't I'm optimistic that we're not going to have to go back into lockdown, but like having to wear masks all the time is probably going to become commonplace. And for me, it just sort of felt like for me, it just sort of felt like, okay, it's been nice to, you know, kind of take a vacation from wearing a mask, but I'm going to have to start wearing it again. And I need to get better about wearing it again. And I've been like, maybe like half the time I go out, I'll wear one, but, uh, well, you went to your first show, your first post pandemic show. You worked at it. Um, what were you doing there? Before, so I, before I transition, I was, what were you doing there? I was um, hired to do some videography work for an artist in Boston. Okay. Her name's Stephanie James. Um, she's really nice. She's really talented. Um, but she wanted me to film, like me and my cousin, to film her set. She had three of them. Um, and we we can get into it later if you want, but basically I'm, I'm starting my own, like, videography slash photography business on the side nice um because fuck youtube but anyway um (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so i i or we reached out to them and they were happy to let us give it a go nice and yeah and it was uh it was very 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 interesting because it was very intense like so there was like this VIP area and okay. like, you know, people who are VIP are supposed to go there, but like there were girls just like coming in constantly and like mm-hmm. trying to sit next to me and chat with me. And I'm just like, who, who, are, who, who are you? What, what, why are you here? <laughs> like, you listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, they were so drunk and I was just like, I forgot how to deal with these kind of people. Oh, I don't, I don't drink. So yeah, I'm, yeah, you're right. Very difficult for me to manage drunk people because it's just like, I feel like you need to have some sort of drunkness to deal with that. Otherwise, yeah. it's just like kind of awkward and you're like, mm, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they were, they were, it was just, yeah, there were okay. people everywhere and more people showed up than I expected. Well, I'm glad you got to do this. I'm glad you had fun. Sounds like you had oh, fun yeah. anyway. I did. It was definitely an experience. Uh, the only part I didn't like was when I was going to the bar to get a drink, some woman spilled her drink all over me. And then I was like, I was a gentleman. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What are you drinking? Like, oh, I was going to get her a new one yeah. because like I fucked up, you know, 
And she's like, no, please don't. I'm good. Like it, it was an accident. Like it's not your fault. I don't even know if I'm the reason why it got spilt. That was nice of you, Nate. I wish there were more people in the world like you. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I was like, okay, cool. And then I went towards the bar. Mm-hmm. Her friends followed me and was like, uh, where are you going? You're getting her a drink right now. I was like, she didn't want a drink. She's like, you're getting her a drink. And she, now all of a sudden they felt like there was this like friction, like where it, I was like, I'm trying to be a good person, but it feels like I'm being taken advantage and, of. And so it, it's just, that's exactly when you say, no, she said no. And I respect her decision. She said, no, I, I said that, but they continued to follow me to the bar. And I was just like, fine, fuck it. I don't have you money know, like, anyway. Yeah. I should have said that, but I was, headed to the bar and just, I needed a drink really bad so I've I've learned to just ignore people because I was you know there was a long time where I just and I think it was because of my upbringing where I felt like anytime someone addressed me that I had to respond and I had to acknowledge them and then I learned that that's not normal and I don't need to do that when people start doing that stuff I just I literally ignore them they followed me <laughs> It was really hard. And so you just circle around and and then go back later. Was there another bar there that you could have gone to? No, there was only one. Uh, The problem problem is, is this place was packed and you can't move around. It's not just like, you know, it's like, you know, figure out how to get through everybody. And it's just like wall to wall of people. So there's no real like escaping. There's no like, ha, I got away from her or anything. Like they were always there. Yeah. So I said, you know what? The easiest thing to do would just be like, fine. Here's your drink. Guess you missed those days, huh? Yep. (laughs) Well, I went to my, my first post pandemic. Well, I went to, uh, you know, a, a radio station event a few weeks ago, which kind of bookended the pandemic because it was former AAF people, which was really cool. I think I talked about that last week. Um, But uh, this past week on Thursday, I went to drive down to New York City. Uh, I'll preface this by saying uh, a very close friend of mine, Nicole, not Nicole from from our uh, past life, Talk Radio Meltdown, but a friend of mine named also named Nicole who is a uh, fellow radio geek, musician, Foo Fighters fan. Her and I met on MySpace in 2005. Oh, you have one of those too? That's awesome. And 16 years later, we finally met in person. That's so cool. Got dinner, went bar hopping. Oh, it was, it was, and it, it just felt, it just felt like natural. Like it felt like we like, we've just been friends like online and, and we talk on FaceTime and, and uh, meeting in person. And it was just like, you know, there was no weirdness to it. There was no awkwardness. It's just kind of like, we just kind of picked up and went with it. And then literally like an hour into it, we just stopped and like, wait a minute, this is really the first time we've ever met. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but uh, before that, I went to a taping of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I got to hear all about this. And um, if you ever go to 
New York City, seriously, do try try to go to one of these tapings, either Fallon or or Colbert, because they're free to go to. I mean, you gotta get you gotta get secure tickets ahead of time, but they're free to go to, and you get a really good show out of it. And for me, it was really like my first formal event, being around other people, being being part of a studio audience, and uh, you needed to bring your vaccination card to get in. So if you don't have that, that you'll, you will literally get turned away at the door. Nice. So, uh, I got a, I got a really good C2, man. I was, I was in a, I was on like the end of, of a row, but I was otherwise like two, two or three rows away from the stage. Nice. Um, on, on what would be Colbert's stage, right? So I'm facing the left side of the stage and yeah, great episode. Um, I think, yeah okay lay back on wednesday's episode was a great episode because it was uh emily blunt and bob costas and uh the episode i was present for was a comedian named hannah einbinder who's on a show called hacks and she actually holds the um distinction of being the last guest that colbert had before the pandemic forced uh, like a guest in front of an audience before the pandemic forced uh, everybody into lockdown, forced him and all the other late night hosts to uh, go remote and go from home. Mm-hmm. So, because um, Colbert did like one last episode, not without an audience, it was in studio without an audience. I think Sanjay Gupta was there, but um, otherwise, uh, Hannah Einbinder was the last uh, like performer. Performer. So she was there. She did. Uh, an interview i i kind of feel like i don't know this episode was kind of weird it felt a little phoned in i don't know if they're just having trouble getting guests because they want them to like be in studio um and obviously people are still um you know playing it safe because of the pandemic Uh, it it just seemed a little phoned in and and colbert i don't know i i he even seemed a little like he didn't want to be there. I don't know. It just felt weird. I don't know if it was just because I was actually there in person because I went back and watched the episode uh, and I was in it for all of like two seconds <laughs> when they did a pan over the audience. Uh, but I was there. I, I can point myself out and take a screen cap and be like, I'm right there. <laughs> There's nice. me. <laughs> um, I'm famous. <laughs> and I've lucked out, too, because when I went to Fallon seven years ago, I also sat in the front row. So that was, uh, you know, you just got to show up early enough to get the best seat. But um, watching it on TV, though, like it seemed like a normal episode. So I don't know if it was just because it just felt different because I was in person. Uh, but it's, it's such an experience and it's so different when you are in person. Um, and, and Colbert, even, it, even if it did seem like he was phoning, phoning it in, he was still like, he actually found, Fallon didn't do this when I went to the tonight show, Jimmy Fallon did not come out beforehand and doing like a Q and a with people and like address the crowd at all. Uh, Colbert actually like came out before taping and did a Q and a and talked to us and like just hung out with us before it was time to start taping. That's cool. So uh, and uh, there was a anesthesiologist in the crowd who wanted I guess it's the thing Letterman used to do um, this anesthesiologist during the Q&A. Uh, Stephen called on him and he said, like, hey, I, I'm starting this new uh, gig after leaving my previous one of 14 years. I, you know, I want to announce it to my friends and family. Like, can you do that for me? And uh, Colbert said he would and fit it into a joke. And it was such like the joke itself was kind of a misfire, but the guy got his acknowledgement, which I thought was That's really nice. Awesome. And I was afraid that like when they were doing the taping, I'm like, because they cut stuff all the time. 
Uh, and I thought they were going to cut it and they didn't cut it. That's cool. So they only cut yeah. one. They only cut one thing. The only thing they cut was Colbert just flubbing a joke during the monologue. That was it. So otherwise it's like a hundred percent like what you what what you see at the taping is what uh goes out over the air but otherwise yeah it was fun i really want to do it again i think there's actually like i think i actually have to wait a period of time before you can go back and do it but i would absolutely make the trek to go do it again nice what part did he mess up because i i didn't see a point where they could like it was a seamless edit yeah when i watched I, back I was, it was, I was trying to find it uh, he one of the jokes he told was about how anti-vaxxers on on social media groups are now using code words when they're talking about the vaccines and covid, but they're using like terms like pizza. And yeah. uh, when they talk about Moderna, you know, one of the vaccine brands, uh, they call it Moana, like the movie. And yeah. he was trying to tell a joke about that. I think he. The joke he told, he told it too early and he like burst out laughing halfway through it. And it's like he looked at his producer and like, you know, did the cut signals and it was just straight up like, I fucked that up. We got to do it again. <laughs> so and then he told the whole joke over uh, and where they where the cut was made, you would have no I would have to point out to you where, you know, the transition was because he got her, he got it on the second try. And it was, you know, th- those guys can really seamlessly edit that stuff when it goes to air. But otherwise, yeah, no, 100 percent of everything like everything else was exactly as i saw it as it was filmed so awesome i tried to look for it when you sent me the clip i was like i don't see a part where they could have edited it like maybe he had to do the whole thing over again yeah he but, did he did i mean he didn't have to do the entire monologue over again but he right. did the whole joke over again which is like um so you have to sit through that but otherwise yeah. and um, everybody was like we already heard this yeah uh, oh, and the warm up, uh, the like to have like a warm up comedian, and it's Paul Mercurio, who I know best for getting Opie and Anthony fired in two thousand two for the Sex for Sam stunt that was national news. So what happened there? How did he get them fired? the The whole premise of the um, they were doing this event called Sex for Sam, and it was sponsored by Sam Adams. And it was the third one that they were able to, it was, it was the third one. So like they were able to do this several times in the past and, and they would send couples out across Manhattan with a, like a celebrity spotter and they'd have, uh, you know, simulated sex in, in like a public place. And when they were doing this one, this couple went into, uh, St. Patrick's cathedral and, uh, a security guard caught them and uh, the cops were called and Paul Mercurio was just talking back to everybody and then got everybody arrested. And huh. uh, what what was at the time infinity broadcasting panic because like the Catholic league was like threatening to sue them. And the FCC was like, Hey, we're going to pull your license and there's a bunch of fines. So ultimately they, they Opie and Anthony got fired, but it was like, it was big national news and they for a long time considered, Paul Mercurio dead to them, but I guess he's at least been on good terms with Anthony Cumia since then. So, uh, but yeah, now, now he's, you know, the warm up comedian for Stephen Colbert, which I guess is a good gig if you can get it. True. For a comedian. So I thought about it. <laughs> you just, you, I'll literally all I have to do is just go out, amp up the crowd, talk to people. I will say something that was really cool was, um, cause he, he was like calling out a few people he saw in the 
crowd and would bring him on stage and ask him questions. And he uh, pulled up a, a group of um, a group of individuals. It was two women and a man who, who didn't look like this at all based on their appearances, based on what they were wearing. But the three of them were nurses at a hospice facility. And when they announced that, they got a standing ovation, rightly so. And I'm sure that just made their lives. Yeah. So, um, like, I, I actually, like, I, I found myself standing next to them at the end of the taping when we were dispersed outside. And I, I told them, like, hey, you guys are great up there. That was awesome. And they still seemed like they were on top of the world. Even though, like, that wasn't something that was going to make it to air. It was just sort of the novelty of being, you know, pulled on stage and, you know, getting that standing ovation from the crowd. Yeah. So, but the That's most cool. Most important thing, though, everyone in the crowd was vaccinated. Like, you literally needed to have that proof. If you didn't have it, you would not get in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of, like, super spreader event might be too extreme of a term. But, like, if if there's actually, like, you, you can do contact tracing and go back to, like, oh, I, I went to a Colbert taping and I got COVID. Like, hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, because they're... Um, you know, they, there's a lot of places I, I would assume that what you did didn't require vaccinations. I'm going to guess so. I'm going to guess that I was in a room with at least one. Yeah, there's a lot of things so. that don't require vaccinations. And then there's there's other things where and there's like pushes. Different musicians are are like pushing like, hey, like we'll only do this if like we can confirm everyone's vaccinated. Foo Fighters, their show they did in New York. You needed to have a proof of vaccination to get in. Yeah, I wish they did that. I, I mean, they could have. I don't know. Like, I just got in. I just, like, walked into the place and set up my equipment and stuff like that. No, Nobody questioned me or anything. I'm like, I'm the videographer. I'm here to work. Yeah. They're like, okay, cool. But, like, we got there a couple hours early, and then around, like, 7 o'clock is when people started to come in. So they, they might have been checked. They might have not been able to get in without, I have, I have no idea. I, I would doubt it, but it's possible. Yeah. But still, I imagine that there were people there that were sick and I wasn't around them for the required amount of time, but right. I know. I think it's just, it's just anxiety inducing i think just knowing like oh, okay well i did let my guard down because i was more focused on paying for my apartment than right you know, yeah well it all healthy it all goes back to the effectiveness of the vaccines like okay cool if you got vaccinated then your chances of oh yeah i mean you, you see still you're gonna get sick you can contract it but chances of showing symptoms very low chances of spreading it to people also very low so. And this is what I fault the news for. The news specifically never says that part. They always say like, oh, there is, um, what was it? What's it? Some sort of sport team or something. Where sport ball. Most of the players <laughs> got COVID or something. Oh, the, the Yankees. Because they had to delay. Yeah. They had to delay a game a couple of weeks ago. because of that. Yeah. So baseball. And <laughs> they never once said anything about the symptoms like whether they were asymptomatic, whether they were mild, whether they were severe, they just treated it like they had COVID worst case scenario. Yeah, like yeah. they have COVID, even though they 
they are all were vaccinated. So you can get COVID if you're vaccinated and like not saying most people are asymptomatic, which is the responsible thing to say, but they're saying now with this Delta variant is that most people aren't asymptomatic with it. You do get more of a mild version of COVID. Yeah. And, but they're not, it's a numbers game, man. It's not like, this isn't like um, the magic star from Mario mm-hmm. that gives you, or the, <laughs> the invincibility. From Sonic. Yeah. The invincibility. You don't have a, no. you don't have a delightful tune that plays under you. Well, uh, after you get your vaccine, that's going back to what we were talking about. The, the people begging for vaccines when they're on their deathbeds, like, no, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't work like that. Let's do this. Hold that thought about the, uh, about vaccines. We'll come back. We'll talk more about that as okay. well as whatever. So uh, stick around. You are listening to Hardly Focused. What are you buying? Check out the Hardly Focused web store for things you can wear and things you can stick on stop signs. What are you selling? We carry shirts, face masks, and stickers, all bearing the logo of our fine program. Get your Hardly Focused gear today at hardlyfocused.com slash store. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. I could say something pretty inappropriate right now. We are Hardly Focused. Thank you for checking us out today. You can get us at hardlyfocused.com. You can get us on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Just search for Hardly Focused. I do want to talk about YouTube at some point before we wrap up this episode. Because the two of us have some concerns about YouTube. That do affect the, I guess, the the livelihood of this podcast. So uh, we were talking about vaccines, vaccination effectiveness. If you did not listen to the previous segment of this episode of Harley Focused, because remember, we like to let people pick and choose what they want to hear. So not only do we post the full episodes of each podcast at HarleyFocus.com, but we also split them up. So you can either listen to the first segment or the second segment of every episode. So if you didn't hear the first segment, we talked about vaccine effectiveness. We talked about what happens if you do get the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. Are you protected? Are you at a high risk of being able to spread COVID should you get it? Because I went to a taping of uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where you actually had to show proof of vaccination to get in. Nate went to a concert or, or worked at a, a concert uh, as a videographer, uh, his first event since uh, the pandemic lessened. So we were talking about that, and I want I want to bring this up because this this is kind of related. Uh, it's part of a segment that we do on this podcast called "How Fucking Dumb Are You?" Hardly focused presents. <laughs> do you finger your own asshole just to smell your own shit? Like I don't get it. How fucking dumb are you? Kanye West, Yeezus, Yee, etc. A man who is very seriously mentally ill, but continues to release music. Oh, I I should I should uh, clarify that former presidential candidate Kanye West has an album in the works called Donda that he will be releasing uh, later this year. 
but he's he's being his typical Kanye West self about it. He has secluded himself in Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium to finish working on the album. This past Thursday night, the 22nd, that was also the same day I went to see Stephen Colbert. According to Enemy, The Enemy, The New Music Express, West took over Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium to preview his 10th album, playing the project, which includes a new collaboration with Jay-Z to a packed house. One fan in attendance is now trying to make some money from the event. Um, I'll say what that is in a moment, but this article, and I guess this is uh, maybe for the best, doesn't specify anything about COVID, doesn't specify anything about um, vaccines, needing vaccine proof of vaccination status to get in. But it just kind of exemplifies what we were talking about in the last segment. That's if there's one person who's sick, who potentially isn't vaccinated, that's going to cause a hole to do. And people likely walked away from this event ill. I sorry, I had to mute myself because there's currently an ice cream truck that's driving by my apartment. <laughs> and I didn't know if like an ice cream truck music would be appropriate for what we're talking about. <laughs> that's the I mean, one that, I don't even know if you can hear it. Yeah, that's uh I can hear it just a little bit. Okay. Well Oh yep. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. This is great. This is good. Good for radio. It's getting louder. So that's good. It's good that it's getting louder. It also sh- but- shouldn't surprise you because I mentioned Jay-Z uh, when reading from this article that I have a Jay-Z sound drop in the, in the old library. Somebody got a problem with hope. True. Yeah. Uh, do you this remember is actually the-, the new the new hit? This is from Kanye. You're getting a little sample. <laughs> Do you remember the little jingle that played in Grand Theft Auto 3 whenever you'd pick up a ice cream truck? Yep. And it was just that over. I missed. I want to play that game and again. Over again. What is going on outside? Probably stopped. Probably some so kid he, wants his chili Fritos. It's probably, uh, so he, it's probably Big Worm driving around looking for his drug money. So here's my logic. I was like, you know, it's like, what, 60 degrees out? It's pretty nice. It's fresh air. I needed to open up my window. Um, right before we started recording, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to close my window. And here we are. All right, the worst has passed. Okay. Sorry. Where were we? Did Kanye you, well, did you know built in, a stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the Kanye Memorial, the, the Donda West Memorial Stadium, where only Kanye is allowed to... Uh, to to live and work and perform there. No one's allowed in. It's just it's it's his kingdom. It's his castle. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Three in the Navy. Uh, there was a character that was cut out of the game, and the urban legend was he was removed because of September 11th, because the game came out like a month after 9/11, mm-hmm. and the urban legend is that this character was cut because of 9/11. Not the case. Uh, the rampages that you can do, you know, you, you collect a little rampage icon, then you get like an objective, like kill 50 people with a flamethrower in two minutes. There was originally a character named Darkel who was a homeless 
man who was also a terrorist who gave out missions that Rockstar Games claims worked better just as rampages and didn't need the narrative of a, you know, a, a, a mission giver to to do this. Uh, but his his character model and, and dialogue still exists as files that people have data mined over the years. But one of the missions was picking up that ice cream truck, the the cherry popping ice cream company truck with his little jingle. It's coming back. <laughs> and you had to uh, uh, arm it with a bomb, drive it into a crowd of people because you turn on the jingle and people start flocking to the ice cream truck, arm the bomb and then run away because that thing would blow up and kill people. Probably in this day and age, it would not fly over too well. Uh, even surprisingly, in 2001, they they decided to take the risk and release it. But it is they they left something in there where if you drive around the ice cream truck and you turn on the the music, people do walk up to the truck like nothing happens. They'll just walk up to it and then immediately turn around and walk away. But uh, it is hmm. a it is a thing that happens in the game, and it is a leftover of the uh, the crazy homeless terrorist man. My mother's my sister. I thought that they took out a mission where you hijacked a plane. That was the rumor. There, that's another rumor. They definitely edited the the dodo, which is the plane in Grand Theft Auto Three. Uh, they clipped the wings on it, so you couldn't. Now it was possible to fly it. There was a trick that you could do to actually get it to fly because I I had mastered it at one point, but uh, uh, otherwise they. Uh, removed the ability to, to fly. Now, Rockstar Games will claim that, oh, we never intended anyone to be able to fly it. We just didn't perfect our flying te vehicle technology at the time. Like, no, dude, you definitely took that out because w what game, what video game that released less than a month after 9-11 would allow you to fly a, a plane in a metropolitan area? Yeah. you would People would absolutely try to fly it into buildings in Liberty City. Uh, there was a game on Sega Dreamcast. It was called Propeller Arena. That was it was finished. It was 100% finished. It was never released because its release date was like September 17th. You can only you can download it and, and download a crack of it and emulate it and play. It. And people were just like, it's it's a cool little arcade plane flying game, but uh, it not the kind of game that you want to release so soon after such a uh, serious catastrophic event. Yeah. But anyway. Sounds like the ice cream truck is gone. It is. Good, good stall. Very impressive. No, I've only been doing this for. <laughs> I've been doing this for fifteen years. I know how to do it. So, again, this NME article doesn't mention if there is any uh, anything about the vaccines, anything about COVID. But I would not be surprised in the least if at least one person could even be Kanye himself. Yep. had COVID and spread it, but. Also doesn't mention if, you know, you needed a proof of vaccination to get in to enjoy the listening party, the Donda listening party. So anyway, for the segment, how fucking dumb are you? I bring this up because, as I mentioned, the article says, quote, one fan in attendance is now trying to make some money from the event. Article continues, an eBay listing from the user, I am a can in 16 cans who has a 100% positive feedback on eBay, is doing the rounds online as it claims to be selling air from Yee's listening party. The starting price for the Ziploc bag full of oxygen from the event is, in USD, $3,330. What the fuck? The listing titled, quote, Bag of Air from Donda Drop, last one official Kanye West 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium includes an image from a small plastic bag being held up at the event. The bag features a label that reads, Air from Donda Drop. There's five days left to bid on the bag of air, which as of writing of this article, which was from yesterday, uh, today actually, 25th of July, currently sits at $2,125.01 with six bids made in total. That means six people are stupid enough to, to pony up the money to buy this. Oh, this is the the bathwater extravaganza all over again. Oh, geez, but at least bathwater, like, that's something tangible, right? Like, it's an actual, like, it's a liquid, right? Like, is, is it matter? Is, I, I failed, <laughs> you know, middle school science. Is water technically considered matter? It we'll does, go with yes. Because, it, like, it... it, it Technically, like, it can have mass to it. I mean, everything is pretty much matter, isn't it? It's not air. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's not just full-blown, like, just nothingness. Like, we'll just call it one of the fifth elements. You can literally put it in a container and and make sure it doesn't evaporate or anything and yeah. be fine. Air is literally like... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It needs something because I mean I think where you're going from where you're where you're coming from is yeah it's so hard to talk with noise canceling headphones is um you can't see it <laughs> it's like invisible right like kind of like the same thing as saying like you can buy Slash's air guitar like yeah. How do you know? Right. Well, there there are people out there that are dumb enough to spend money on this. And you know it would just be the bee's knees. What would just be the icing on the cake, the cherry what? on top. <laughs> if it was air that had COVID molecules. <laughs> no. It would be literally that scene from The Simpsons where, like, the... Because everyone was, was posting the scene from The Simpsons when COVID first started. Because this happened in, like, an old episode where, like, in a, in a you know, a, a plant in China... Someone coughed into it and they, you know, their germs went into the box. And then it, when the box made it to Springfield and they opened it up, the germs escaped and everybody got sick. It's literally that. Yeah. It's, it's uh, this is how you weaponize COVID. You put it into a, you seal it into a plastic bag and then you sell it on eBay and claim it came from Kanye West. Interesting. See, that's the type of Alex Jones content we need to start doing. Yeah. That's that's a conspiracy theory right there in and of itself. I will eat your ass. He will. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. If you have the money, consider purchasing a bag of air from a Kanye West listening party for his new album, Donda, which is out uh, sometime in September. Purportedly. What an extraordinary thing to do. Like you, you go to the concert with a Ziploc bag being like, I'm going to do, I'm, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to capture that air so good in this bag and I'm going to sell it. This is just as messed up as the people who were price gouging Szechuan sauce from McDonald's. Oh yeah. I distinctly remember a video of someone like some kid standing in a McDonald's with like two or three things of Szechuan sauce and like a big order of, of McNuggets. And he was charging people like $5 a nugget to, to, to try out the Szechuan sauce. And it, was, 
it was the saddest video I'd ever seen because it was like it was someone who was actually like very carefully dipping it in the sauce and taking a bite and you can see them like tasting the sauce and like analyzing it as if they were at a wine tasting I'm like dude you just spent five dollars on a single McNugget to dip in Szechuan sauce you're getting scammed mm-hmm. people will do this shit I would never feel comfortable people do this shit they it do. is it is it's the age that we live in now yeah now <laughs> If I may make such an obscure reference of the many CSIs that exist, there was the New York series starring mm-hmm. Gary Sinise and his uh, his character's wife had passed away on 9-11 and he kept around with him a beach ball that was like slowly, I think it was like slowly deflating over time, but he kept it because uh, his wife had blown it up and he's like, I don't want to get rid of this because it's like the last breath of her air is in this and I don't I don't want to lose it. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, dude's obviously not going to try to like profit off of it, but like that kind of, you know, there's there's some degree of sentimental value to that. Is is far fetched as it sounds? Yeah, I would, I'd agree. Literally standing at an album listening party and collecting atmosphere, quote unquote, and putting it into his Ziploc bag, like that is just. I should have done that in 2008 when I went to the, uh, now, now granted I had to work as it was a radio station event, but the Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy listening party that we had in downtown Boston. You missed out. I should have done that. Think of all the cars you could have bought. Hey man, I collected this Ziploc bag full of air while they were debuting Shackler's Revenge for the first time. The worst? I'm, glad I'm not the only one that thinks of like weird stuff. Like if, if Tom Cruise ever needed like quick money, he could just sell a piece of gum that he chewed. That would make thousands upon thousands of dollars, dude. It, it minimum. Holy shit. There, there are collectors out there that will go for that. Yeah. I mean, that is, and, and that's considered normal versus, you know, the, the Twitch streamers bathwater or, uh, you know, used panties in a Japanese vending machine. Mm-hmm. I'm just perplexed that like people showed up to this Guns N' Roses listening party for Chinese <laughs> democracy. There were a lot of fucking people there and they were into it. That's cool. I was just excited. I'm like, wow, Chinese democracy exists. It was it was a weird time where Chinese democracy actually came out. Duke Nukem Forever actually came out. Like it was a, it was a weird couple of years back then. <laughs> but uh anyway. Well, since we're on the topic of dumb people, here we go really quickly in Germany. Now they they Climate change is a real thing, and shame on you if you don't believe that it's a real thing. Uh, we, we spent the beginning of this episode just talking about how wet it's been around uh, New England. It's been unseasonable, the amount of rain that we've been getting. Well, out in Germany, out in the Netherlands, out in that part of the world, it has been raining so much that the floods out there have been catastrophic. They've been getting like the worst flooding they have ever seen. And uh, I, I, I do know some people through work who live out in the Netherlands who are having to endure this. And uh, I do keep them in my thoughts because that, you know, you don't want to wish that upon anybody. That shit sucks. Yeah. Um, for the like little bit of flooding we get in this part of the world where you and I live, Nate, uh, I, I would not wish anything like that upon anybody when you just like 
wake up one day and your house is literally just uh, submerged in water. But yeah, uh, from the BBC. A German presenter has apologized after being caught smearing mud on her clothes moments before appearing on television from a town ravaged by last week's historic floods. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mentioned also at the beginning of this episode, we talked about, uh, I believe it was Katrina, or or at least a, a very substantial hurricane that occurred where uh, a, I think it might have been the Weather Channel, which is known for sensational. It's it's not so much known for, for weather so much now as it is just how they sensationalize weather. But it was someone... Or it could have been CNN. I can't remember. But they were they were in a boat and they were claiming like, oh, we're in twenty feet of water here. It's it's the it's the end times. Noah's Ark. Yada yada. Two of every animal. And then in the background, you see Sanford and Son walking by as if it's nothing. The water going up to their ankles. <laughs> so I'm out to dinner with my friend Nicole the other night. So as I mentioned in the last segment, my 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 friend and I, Nicole, meeting up for the first time. Uh, ever, despite knowing each other via MySpace for, for 16 years. And while we were out to dinner, uh, we were at a Mexican restaurant and I swallowed something spicy and I started having a coughing fit. And I do this with every coughing fit that I have. Now, I will preface this by saying every coughing fit now, people give you dirty looks because COVID. Uh, but I'm sitting there in this restaurant. I started having a coughing fit because of what it was I just swallowed, like pepper or whatever. And I do this every time I have a coughing fit in public. I grab my chest, put my arm up, and I start going, I'm coming, Elizabeth. It's the big one. I can feel it. But it sounds even more comical because I'm like struggling to breathe and trying also to speak while coughing. I'm like, it's the big one. And that's me quoting Red Fox because that is that is what he would do on Sanford and Son. There's a urban legend, urban and urban legend, that he he quoted that when he was actually having a heart attack on set of the show he was filming at the time he passed away. Now that's been debunked, Aww. but I love to I love to quote that whenever I start like having a coughing fit. And it's great because people always look at me and they think I'm serious, and they're like, "Who's Elizabeth? Is he okay?" <laughs> And Nicole, there's a story here. Nicole thought that the people that turned and looked at me in the restaurant thought that uh, also probably thinking I had COVID and I'm spraying at everybody. And there, there's only been one time that I can remember where someone was just like, they just laughed and they're like, man, I love Sanford and son. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, at least this guy gets it. At least this guy can laugh at my misery. <laughs> so, nice. uh, but anyway, uh, so according to the BBC. Susanna Olhan, 39, said she acted after feeling, quote, ashamed of reporting from the town in her clean clothes. The broadcaster RTL said that she has been suspended for breaching its standards after the video went viral. In a statement, Ms. Olhan said she had made a serious mistake. She had been reporting from, oh, God, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, in North Rhine-Westphalia where record rainfall destroyed homes and left dozens dead last week. Ms. Olin said she had been helping aid efforts in the days before filming for RTL's Good Morning Germany program on Monday. But before going on air, she felt, quote, ashamed to stand in front of the camera in clean clothes. Without thinking, she said, quote, I smeared mud on my clothes. At that point, a video of her bending down to spread dirt on her hands and clothes was apparently filmed by an onlooker and later posted to social media. Apologizing for her actions, Ms. Olin said this should have never happened. I was just trying to hide from the predator. Dude, like, what? 
so a you're you're uh, you're a television presenter. Your whole job is to be on camera. So mm-hmm. there's that. And second of all, we talked about this last week when we were talking about the Karen that went ballistic at Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, everybody has on their person at all times devices capable of recording decent quality video. Whatever you're doing, just assume you're always on camera. Assume you're always being filmed. Assume that whatever you're doing has the potential to show up online and, and be be shown to, to the masses. If I'm out in public scratching my ass and picking my nose, I'm going to assume that that's going to show up somewhere uh, online because just everyone has that capability now. So if you think that you're going to get away with trying to make yourself look like you are directly affected by this natural disaster, when it's very clear that you're not because you are a television presenter, you're being sent on location to film. Obviously, you're going to show up in in a you're going to show up in nice clothes in a well maintained vehicle. Uh, the only way you could potentially get away with this is if you're like reporting on location in in like a war ravaged location in the middle of a war. Otherwise, like yes, you're going to be clean and you're going to look clean. Just go with it. It's better to get criticized for your appearance in that regard than to pretend that you are affected by something that is actually affecting people 100 percent agree so i say good good fucking dumb (laughs) there you go there you go that is the exact reason why we do this segment (laughs) yeah at least at least she could have like pretended to trip and like fallen on the ground you know these are just some good ideas you could win an award dude you could win like a I don't know what you what you get out in, in Europe, like what the equivalent of like a Peabody Award is, but like you could literally get like some award for tripping and falling during a newscast. Mm-hmm. Those are those are the things that are great. Those are the things that people actually like get recognition for in respect is when they're uh they're broadcasting and in something something happens like the there's the did you ever see the old video of the guy who's He's like, he's just doing a report and a fly goes into his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was like a black guy and he's like, we're reporting live today from this area. And the fly goes in, man, look at this fly. I can't deal with this anymore. Wait a <laughs> Like that's, that's the stuff that you want to be known for. If this lady, yeah. if Miss Olhin here, Susanna Olhin had been reporting, yeah, and tripped backwards and fell in the mud. Okay, cool. Let's all have a laugh. That probably would have lifted spirits. Yep. For everyone who's living in that region. God, they probably yeah, pissed everybody off. Like someone would have been looking outside like, oh, well, I lost my house because of the flood. But this bitch just fell over in the mud. Now she's drenched. Oh, man, I needed that. I needed that laugh. That's what you need. (laughs) Not not someone like, oh, better, better try to mix in with the locals here. Look, guys, I'm covered in mud. I'm just like you. What? No, you're not. <laughs> so she has been suspended. I I agree that is definitely a an ethics violation right there. So yep. so good on RTL for for taking appropriate action there. There's there's nothing worse than being disingenuine. Yep. I mean, look what happened to Brian Williams from NBC. Remember he lied about being on a on a helicopter that got shot down and oh, that, yeah. that whole thing. Something that really fascinates me. Did you ever watch the movie? Did you ever take like journalism class back in high school? I did not. Okay. I wish I did though. They made us watch this movie called Shattered Glass. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's about a, a real guy named Stephen Glass who uh, just like he, he wrote all these articles for a magazine called The New Republic. And they found out that like almost everything that he wrote was fabricated. Nothing about it was real. It came yeah. during it. It came during a time when it was it was not as easy it is, as it is today to fact check things and verify. But uh, still like there's a whole thing in journalism where they, these case studies about journalists who have actually gone out and just fabricated things because they, they, despite like having degrees in this stuff and, and working in the field felt that they, they, the only way they could make a name for themselves was to just make up stories rather than actually report on real news. There's always real news out there. It doesn't happen every day, but there's always news out there. There's always something going on. Yeah, you're going to have a slow news day because then when shit picks up, it's going to pick up. You're going to have something to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot of people who made up shit about chocolate, like being good for you. And they just like lied about it. And then like so many networks covered it. It's like weird. Like, I wonder how much information out there is just somebody's opinion. I was reading that since Donald Trump was removed from Twitter and social media. That misinformation has gone down exponentially. Gee, I wonder why. Shouldn't be a surprise, but look what that effect, look what the, the that effect has on, on people. When, when uh, you know, the crazy old man at the dinner table on Thanksgiving just so happens to be the president of the United States and... and <laughs> Twitter is his main platform of communication and uses it to just spread lies. Like, yeah, people are going to pick up on that and it's going to become a, a running and recurring thing. So when you finally turn off his mouthpiece, all of a sudden the misinformation goes down. Yep. It's still a problem, but at least it went down. Thank God it went down. I They waited way too long, in my opinion, but we already talked about that. They, they did. They really did, but... I don't know, better late than never. It's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah better I mean, late than never. Because sure. this could still be going on. And at this point, it's just comical to see him trying to pick it up under other platforms and other, uh, you know, means of distribution. He's still trying to sue. And it's not going to work. It's a private company. Yeah, he They're all private his, companies. His rights were violated. Yeah. It's like... Mm. No, no, because you you literally Congress should will make no law. It says Congress shall make no law. It doesn't say Facebook will make no law. It doesn't say Twitter will make no law. It says Congress shall make no law. God, that is just fucking sad. That sad. Sorry. That we get to that point because literally when you sign up for those platforms, you agree to the terms of service. Mm-hmm. which say they can and will do exactly what they did to Donald Trump. They just hesitated on it because they're like, hey, we never had to do this for the president of the United States before. We were, we're a little hesitant to act on it. Yep. Well, it sucks that it took an insurrection attempt for this to, to finally happen, but like they were well within their rights to do it, and they finally did it. Yep. So anyway, that's, that's, a, that's a victory. That's a tangent for a whole other episode. So let's uh, let's regroup and wrap up this uh, episode of Hardly Focus. What do you say, Nate? That sounds great. Cool. Stick around.
This is Hardly Focused. Oh, Mike, do you have a fun story the first time you ever bought condoms? No, because I literally went in and bought condoms. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a brave man right there. I was like, I'm going to have some sex. I'm buying condoms. Thank you very much. On February 12th, 1981, the Canadian band Rush released their seminal album, Moving Pictures. Speaking of moving pictures, Hardly Focused is available to enjoy on YouTube. Watch us talk at each other and subscribe to our channel at hardlyfocused.com slash YouTube. Seven females at a Rush concert. Must be some kind of a world record. This is the end. Hardly Focused. The end. Woo, what an episode today, man. Damn whole lot going on, a whole lot we didn't get to, uh, but we, we talked about it a little bit in this episode of Hardly Focused that uh, YouTube sucks. And I, I, I'm i having trouble, honestly, understanding like the, the, the algorithm, right? Like I, I try to do, I try to do okay with SEO, with keywords, but uh, I, I don't get why, for example, the the video that we did about John Penis Man uh, a few months ago, that, that Danish cartoon about the, the guy with the giant dick, for some reason, that video has 26,000 views on YouTube, on our, on our YouTube channel, harleyfocus.com slash YouTube. Which is, I mean, okay, cool. We got exposure. I'm still getting comments. The comments on that video are fucking great, too, because it's all people who are like, you guys suck. <laughs> you guys are ignorant. You guys don't get it. I will apologize if I, like, offended anyone by by accidentally calling them Dutch instead of Danish, because I did that. I Someone someone called me out for that or called one of us out for that in one of the more, more recent comments. But, like, okay, fine. Like, I, I goofed up on that front, but I, I live otherwise for... The rest of the comments that we're getting on that. And then the the smattering of people who agree, like, yeah, this cartoon screwed up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't get how that video has, like, 26,000 views. And then now I will admit I do contribute a small advertising budget to our YouTube channel, which does help with views. But, like, I mean, we're doing fine. I will not, I will not like, we've done better than we ever have in terms of YouTube. And that's clearly where our online presence is. But, like, otherwise, the YouTube algorithm is quote-unquote algorithm is trash and i know nate it's been affecting you as a you know someone who's actually making a living off of youtube yeah um there is a lot of feelings so i'll try to keep this contained yeah you have (laughs) you have eight minutes go but basically to to there was once a time when you could post things on YouTube and it wouldn't matter what it was and people would find it interesting. You know, maybe you're, you're cooking drunk and you know, you upload it just to show to your friends. And then all of a sudden thousands of people are watching you or maybe you're blogging and you know, in a comedic way, but you're not doing it for anything particular, but it just happens to What I'm getting at is once upon a time, you could post whatever you wanted on YouTube. Um, Not that's not really so these days because they have specific things that they want on their network, so to speak, because that's what they are now. 
They're a network. And sure, it's their company. They're allowed to do this. I'm not saying they're not allowed to do what they're doing, but I just wish that they had a place where creators could create freely and then they had their network bullshit stuff. Right. Um, one of the reasons why that video took off is because it's a reaction video and YouTube loves reaction videos. That's why so many creators have started making reaction videos because those are the things that work. And now it's forcing people to create, instead of creating whatever they're passionate about, they have to create things that cater to whatever the algorithm wants. So you have all these people that are doing things like changing their thumbnails and talking about things that they don't want to talk about. They're forced into this position to do things that they don't want to do because that's what the algorithm wants. And yes, I understand it's a job. You got to do stuff that you don't want to do, but it's a creative job. And a lot of these people are losing subscribers and losing fan bases and losing momentum because they are forced down a road that they don't really want to go. And that's kind of what happened with me a little bit is YouTube does not like short videos. It does not like 30 second comedy. However, people who like comedy tend to like 30 second videos. So the way that it works is that YouTube will not tell our audience when, when we make a video and then YouTube will be like, your video is not popular. So why would I promote it? And it's because you didn't tell anybody that it like people who are subscribed, even if you hit the bell, you can sometimes not get notified because YouTube is just like, mm, yeah, I don't want this one and just decides that it's not going to do anything about it. I will I, I will say really quickly that I, I just did a like an incognito search. <clears throat> sorry for um, oh well this is encouraging too. I just I have three notifications on YouTube right now and new subscribers, new subscriber notifications, and they're all in Russian. So yeah. so boy, is that just a vote of confidence right there? Um, if you I did an incognito search for John Dillermand, which is the name of that cartoon. And we're like one of the first results that comes up, but it's, it's all reactionary videos that come up. I think there's like, uh, maybe one or two that are actually relevant to the source content and the rest are reaction videos. Was it South park that did a whole episode about like people doing reaction videos that were reactions of reaction videos. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's effectively what we do. Yeah. (laughs) In all seriousness. It's fine. And I think there's nothing wrong with reaction videos. It's, it's just that it sucks that like, if you look at the trending page, you know, you look at the videos that are doing well, right. You tend to follow within the same kind of structure. And it's just like, I don't really like YouTube anymore because instead of it being a place where people are being creative, it's, basically like they're trying to it it's basically high school all yeah. over again like pay attention to me uh, you know blah 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 it's a popularity contest and and the other thing is is what makes sense about the trending pages if you have 
7 million subscribers, a fucking course, whatever you're going to post is going to get a lot of views right off the bat. Right. Because you have a 7 million followers. That doesn't count as trending. Now, di- didn't you have some luck recently with TikTok? I I like TikTok. I, I don't know use, TikTok don't... gets gets really bad reputation, but yeah, I don't, I don't use TikTok at all. TikTok's algorithm is a bro. It helps people find things that they actually like. Yeah. So, for instance, I posted a video on my YouTube channel channel a month ago. It has like 250 views. I posted a TikTok on TikTok and within the first day it got over a thousand views. Right. Yeah, my, my friend Nicole was showing me because I was telling her about the, the John Dickman video and the number of views we have on that. And she was telling me about a uh TikTok that she posted that has something like some absurd amount of views on it, like millions of views. Yeah, we have one that we just po- we posted on YouTube and it got us maybe like 500 views we posted it on tiktok and it got us um somewhere around like 30 30 uh 350 views i ask like, this begrudgingly does hardly focus need to be on tiktok um yeah like i mean if you want to grow i mean but it depends on where you want to grow because like if you want to grow on tiktok then yeah do it but if you don't want to do tiktok then it doesn't matter if you grow on tiktok you know what i'm saying like yeah it's just there's i mean i guess it's just like any other platform out there there's just so much trash on tiktok like isn't that addison ray chick on tiktok isn't that her whole thing there is a lot of garbage of course you're gonna get that because there's a lot of people that are just doing songs and stuff like that. But here's the thing about TikTok is it actually pays attention to the stuff that you like. So if you are watching like a lot of comedy videos, it's going to recommend comedy videos to you. It's not going to recommend like my feed. I don't see any lip reading, like any dancing or any of that bullshit. I just get sketches because that's what I like. And unlike YouTube, it's not like, oh, this is what we want to push on to people. It's like, we know that you like this kind of stuff. So here you go. And it will show people that actually give a shit about that particular piece of content, which is why a lot of our videos are doing very well, because they're being shown to people who want to see it, as opposed to YouTube wants people to see it. Oh boy, I don't like uh, I don't like the fact that I'm thinking about TikTok now because I I've been trying to avoid it like the plague ever since it became a thing. It's all it's all <clears throat> depending on what you want. Like if you if you want to do it then yeah. I know someone who's into TikTok and they've been in the TikTok for like the last year my whole my whole mindset has been if this person's into tiktok then that means tiktok is trash and i should stay far away from it but um you're now the second person to to show me why it is the better alternative over youtube it all comes down to the algorithm man 
the algorithm. TikTok has the algorithm that every website should have. It should be showing you videos that you want to see as opposed to, you know, a cash grab. Yeah. And you see how popular TikTok is doing. So, you know, it's just, it just goes to show you, it's like, it's newer technology. I shat on TikTok when it first came out. Oh yeah. All I knew it was people who were lip syncing to videos and doing weird things and stuff like that. But there's actually a lot of creative people on here. And once you start following those people, it will just continue to show you more and more creative people. Yeah. Instead of those other, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I think, I think YouTube is really fucking itself. And I think I would be happy for YouTube to go down the tube. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to post this on YouTube and see what happens, by the way. (laughs) Okay. I want to see if like this actually picks up traction. Like people actually watch, watch this and see what our views do. I, it would be interesting to see what happens, but I, I, I don't know. The, here's the other thing: certain words you can't say certain words. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Because if, if we ever post anything that's about like the the COVID vaccine, for example, it will get flagged yep. and and uh, will not show up. Uh, you keep mentioning the word algorithm, and that's a thing that uh, I've been seeing a lot of as of late because uh, you know being a part of this industry and having a lot of friends in this industry, the that the whole thing with Activision Blizzard has been in the news because uh, it's just a shitty company with with shitty people. And, uh, you know, a lot of... It, it just makes me not want to be part of that industry anymore, in all honesty. But at the same time, I've seen a lot of people posting on social media about, uh, you know, their thoughts on the whole thing and, and you know, how, how they feel about it. But they, they keep having to carefully word their posts and include, like, links to things because they're like... The, the Facebook algorithm is going to bury this yeah, and, and the word will not get out. And there it's a lot of uh, news companies and, you know, a lot of people who just want to give out information, like right. honest, true researched information. They can't get their video up because they said a word. What an era we live in now. Yeah. We were even, I mean, we were even posting videos about like, <clears throat> Uh, there was a couple uh, that came to light. There were the we were making fun of the doctors in Ohio who were trying to claim that you can get magnetized due to the, the COVID. Oh yeah, vaccine. yeah. And the videos got flagged for shocking content, so we couldn't like do anything with them. Couldn't advertise, couldn't monetize. And then we posted a reaction video of the like the engineer who posts videos like debunking things and he was debunking the vaccines, the whole thing about vaccines magnetizing you. And we actually got a copyright strike on the channel and Mm -hmm. I had to fight it to be like, yo, this is a reaction video. If, if you're going to take this down, then you need to take down the source content too. this guy with his several million views that he's got on his channel. Uh, yeah, that's the other part. That's the other factor that's wrong with it is, and of course, I can't really blame them because like every minute there's like 500 hours of content that's uploaded every minute. That's ridiculous. So of course you're going to have to have robots that 
sift through the content. But the problem is, is you don't have real people checking on these things. So yes, of course these systems were put into place because a lot of people abused the system and posted videos that nobody should have ever seen. Um, but it would be nice if a person, they had people that actually watched the videos that right. were that they claim are because they don't. Because I don't think a robot knows what fair use is. No, it doesn't. And I, and I will say that when complaining about our channel and saying like, "Look, this is a reaction video, and you need to take down the source video if you're going to strike us," I got a response back saying like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we screwed up," and they removed the strike. So yeah. Which is good, and you know the video. It's good, yeah. You do get you do that. They do have cases like that, yes. But but it's just it's it's a different landscape than it was a couple of years ago. Now that we live in the disinformation age, yeah. That's like every little thing. Like I want to see what this video does. Post this and be like, "Hey YouTube, fuck you," and see what happens. See how many views you get on it. I'm going to do the Rocco's Modern Life thing that Fro always jokes about. I'm literally just going to post a, like an image of, a still image of mayonnaise and make it a 15 minute long video and see what happens. <laughs> I, you might as well. I mean, it's a good test. I'm sure we'll get blacklisted and that's fine. But I mean, we're, they're already killing off everybody's channel anyway, unless you're Jimmy Fallon or whatever, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's what Jimmy Fallon does. Yeah. It's unless you're already established, YouTube doesn't give a fuck about you. Right. Well, on that note, uh, Nate, thank you for being here on this episode. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, just very quickly, a couple of the things that we didn't get to, uh, COVID could be spread through flatulence. <laughs> so, of course. so watch your farts. And uh, I'm not just going to go into detail here. Unfortunately, one of these cases actually happened in Massachusetts, but there's a lot of people fucking horses. That's a thing now. Uh, huh. A guy from Alston, Massachusetts, 19 years old, was was arrested for fucking a horse. Uh, and then in Ontario and Canada. Um, oh, the, the article here is great. Guy gets caught getting ready to bang a horse. And his quote was, it's not what it looks like. You see, now this video can't go on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost, I, I'll, I'll post this on our Facebook page. How about that? Harley focused uh, or Facebook.com slash Harley focused podcast. Because there's just one line in this article here. It's great. Quote, police found the smell of scented body oil overwhelming. Uh, you don't even need context for that one, man. Just don't fuck horses. There you go. That's don't. Don't do it, man. Learn from Mr. Hands. Remember Mr. Hands? Mm-hmm. Dude literally perfed his colon because he was fucking horses. Getting fucked by horses. Don't do it and get vaccinated and recycle. Yes. And also, save this planet because we only have like seven years left. Uh, I read that an asteroid is uh, hurtling towards Earth and is probably going to miss us by like uh, a smidge as they typically do. But Which is like a billion light years. <laughs> right. It's only hurtling at us at something like 180,000 miles an hour. <laughs> like, Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Nate, uh, 
Thank you for being here. Um, enjoy whatever it is you have on the docket for the coming week. Hopefully it's fun. You too. Uh, thank you. And we will talk at you next time. Thanks for listening. See you. Bye. Goodbye.